This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, February 1st. This is episode 400. Holy shit! Four zero zero. Wow. You uh, forgot to do anything special. <laughs> Getting it's hard together. To I've been on 400 shows with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Getting together is the most special thing we could have done, Ryan, to record a new episode. And it's lovely. Oh, you sounded too much like I hear about Mormons sounding. <laughs> That's fun because <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk about some of that stuff maybe later. Um, uh, my name is Dan Ellis. As I said, this is episode 400, and I'm joined by two awesome co-hosts. You've heard a little bit from each of them. Uh, let's oh, do yes. let's do our opening stuff to see what's new with you guys over the last little bit. We did not record last week because I had a head cold, and you, like my voice was almost non-existent. Yeah. Uh, I, I jumped on with you so we could try to troubleshoot stuff, which is a fucking nightmare because nothing works. <laughs> and I heard your head cold, and yeah, you could barely talk. You sounded uh, yeah. like a ghost whispering in my ear. Yeah, I would not have been able to record a show, but I could get together with Ryan for a little while to try to troubleshoot some of our technical issues. Uh, that Which is still fucked. It <laughs> just became even more baffling during our troubleshooting session, but oh my. Well, what's new with you, Taylor? Um... Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I can't think of a damn thing. I've just been living life. Well, uh, you did you, get a nice cat tower for avocado. I did. I did. That um, is, that is yeah, in the frame so behind there's you. There's this great company uh, that does like kind of like they're not as industrial as far as their manufacturing methods. Like they they make kind of like bigger, more unusual cat towers. This thing's taller than I am, um, and which is good because avocado is like an 18 pound cat. Um, he's a big boy. So he needs, he needs something robust. Um, <laughs> and it finally got out to me here in Italy, which has been fantastic. He's um, husky. He, yeah. 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 He's, he's a chunker. It, it is a constant struggle to keep him at an appropriate weight. Like if I don't watch him constantly, he will find ways to eat food and blow up. So, yeah. I have this in common with your cat. <laughs> oh, me too, man. I I don't know what's happened to me in the last few weeks, but damn, like I need to cut something back. Said so. Italian food, man. Oh man, Oof. I've been I've been running a lot more lately, and I feel it. Yeah. Mm. Well, what's new with you, Ryan? Well, I don't know if there's anything new. Oh wait, I I, I, I wanted to go on a little bit of rant. So if you want to go first, yeah, I'm sorry. We we talked about this pre-show that we would we would save you for last because you had a bit of a rant. <laughs> Uh, not much new with me other than that I am feeling better. Uh, you may pick up a hint of me still coming out of the cold. I'm still a little bit congested, uh, which sucks. It was, it was bad. Like my sinuses were totally clogged and of course that led to my loss of voice. So I couldn't record last week, but I'm feeling much better. Like I feel pretty much back to normal. There's still just a little bit, a little lingering congestion and cough a bit, but 
other than that, I'm doing well. And work is just, again, it's just, it's, it's never ending. It's too much. We're, we're, we're in that time of year that is particularly busy for my profession. And then we're also trying to hire a ton of people. And that's made things very difficult. Um, I think last week I put in 63 hours. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of overtime, a lot of work. I'll be I'll be going back to work when we finish recording. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a lot. So, but what is new with you, Ryan? You, you said that you had a bit of a rant. Well, well, I mean, I, you know, normally this is where we talk about what's new with us, but I thought, um, with the going ons here in Utah, um, what's going on with me isn't fucking important. Yeah. Because, uh, as we were talking last week, we were going through stuff and I was watching a lot of legislation stuff in the background and everything. Uh, the governor has signed the bill, which blocks transgender youth from getting medical treatment. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers. Uh, and I, I wanted to take my time to talk about that a little bit. Because when watching this fucking bullshit going on, when people are giving up and giving their fucking testimonies about protecting the fucking youth. Now, let's, I'm going to... I'm gonna. So this bill blocks any surgeries blocks puberty blockers, blocks the ability for them to have their gender identity changed on their birth certificate. So basically, this allows any form of social change as well, which has zero fucking impact on any of the shit they're trying to protect. Yeah, on all of the shit that they were whining and bitching about the whole fucking time leading up to this. They were saying they wanted to protect children from making... A decision young that would have a lifelong effect on them. Okay, block surgeries, because guess what? Children aren't getting fucking top and bottom surgeries for fucking transgender kids. That's something that just doesn't fucking happen. You know what does fucking happen? Cis kids getting plastic surgery, getting breast augmentations, getting breast reductions, getting facial surgeries, which they can get at the age of 16 with their parental consent. Mm-hmm. Which... Well, and which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like, no, right. But it, so they're I, getting cosmetic I, surgeries, but yeah, they, yeah. What, so uh, uh, a representative got up and tried to also add into the bill saying, well, if you want to block surgeries for transgender kids, why the fuck don't we block cosmetic surgeries for anyone under 18? And they said, no, we don't want to add that to the resolution. Only trans kids are blocked from having surgeries that might make them feel better about themselves. And then we go into the fucking puberty blockers because I listened to a few of the people that went up and started talking about how puberty blockers have this lifelong effect. There's not enough research in it. And one guy even got up and I was glad one of the counter speakers got up and, and, and put this guy's bullshit to fucking check <laughs> because they they got up in there. One guy got up there and said, well, in Europe, they said there's, there's not enough research on puberty blockers and all this kind of stuff. So we need to do what they did and stop using them. And another person got up and said, yes, Europe said there isn't enough research in puberty blockers in transgender youth, but guess what they're not doing? Blocking the usage of it. Transgender mm-hmm. youth in Europe are still allowed to use this while they're doing more research on the effects with transgender youth. Mm-hmm. Now, let's also mind you that these puberty blockers have been being been used for close to 50 fucking years. In a cis child, if you are a female and let's say you uh, enter puberty a little too young, 
at a at a at an age where it'd be a little uncomfortable where you can't really understand what's going on with your body. Mm-hmm. No one else you know is going through, and it's rather uncomfortable for you. They put you on puberty blockers because puberty blockers pause puberty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my nieces uh, started puberty, like got her period at, I think she was, God, she was either eight or nine and yeah. started developing breasts like and was yeah. mercilessly mocked by her yeah. fellow classmates because kids are fucking awful. Yeah. And that's why they put girls on puberty. Now, men that go on puberty blockers at a young age when they're going through puberty. And that's the other thing. You can't start puberty blockers until puberty starts, mm-hmm. which is one thing when I was doing my research on it and reading on it. Um, so, so cis men that usually go through puberty at a young age, if they're growing too fast for their bones, they get put on puberty blockers. If they're, their rate of growth is too fucking quick. Like, whoa, this is more damaging, so we need to put you on puberty blockers. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of history of people being put on puberty blockers with almost no effect to their health. The only negative effect to their health is they usually have a diminished uh, buildup of um, uh, bone density. So they have to be mm-hmm. put on medication or just basically take supplements that helps with their bone density. Mm-hmm. Boom, solved. That's the only fucking thing. I, the other thing that... Oh, go ahead. Well, the one other thing that irked me, which might fucking get you guys into a tailspin, people were coming up there and repeatedly talking about the fact that... Uh, well, maybe not even fact, but saying transgenderism is a mental issue. <sighs> Just like anorexia. But we don't go to an anorexic and say, yes, you need to lose weight. So we will give you Uh, a gastric bypass surgery so you can lose more weight. So why would we go to a transgender person and give them medication to allow them to conform to their mental illness? And I'm like, you motherfuckers. They've got that exactly fucking backward. Yes. I'm like, you mother... I'm like, you fucking asshole like that fucking argument was the one that got to me the fucking most <laughs> like can i jump in here and yeah and go play for the it conservative because, speaker for oh, a minute like sure because like, i'll fucking yell at you yeah. too <laughs> no, no 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 sorry i i meant to say the conservative whisperer like so if if you listener in your life have a friend who has this kind of viewpoint right um here is the tack that I tend to take, right? Let us take for granted, and I do not believe that this is the case, but let us take for granted that being transgender, um, the the disjunct between what one's mind is and what one's body is, is some sort of cognitive disorder or hormonal disorder, like however you want to present that as being a disparity between the brain and the body. And if your argument is, is that that is a mental illness, which again, I do not believe that it is. I disagree with that as well. I, I, yeah, yeah. And, and so here's the thing that you say, like you then conservative ought to believe that someday we should hope that there's a drug that we can give a person that breaks the blood brain barrier so that you can bring the mind in concert with the body, 
right? And and you get the conservative to agree with that point because they probably should, right? Like taking for granted their stances, you say, okay, well, if it's a if it's a mental illness, then you treat the mental illness, and hopefully someday we can develop a drug for this, right? And they'll say yes, right? And then you follow up, but we can't do that right now. We have not yet broken that blood-brain barrier. And so if you have a person whom you believe has a mental illness, if we need to treat that mental illness by bringing the brain in line with the body and we cannot treat the brain, then we must treat the body, right? And according to your own logic, conservative, the most important thing we can do in treating this is by treating the person's body, which we can do through hormonal and cosmetic surgeries, uh, uh, sorry, plastic surgeries. Um, and, and again, I cannot emphasize enough. I don't believe that there anything is disordered about a transgender individual. Um, but if you're discussing things with somebody who does believe that, then as long as you get them to accept those general underpinnings, you can lead them down a path that makes them second guess the things that they have assumed about um, surgical and hormonal treatments for trans people. And well, that's the route I recommend yeah. you take. Well, I, I also would like to point out to those conservative fucks, not every transgender person has surgery. Right. Yeah. Also agree. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, Please don't think that my argument is, is how I think things ought to be. It is my Trojan horse for getting conservatives to think in the way they haven't thought yet. But like the, the, the other thing that I wanted to point out with their argument was them saying that, that, that children getting on puberty blockers, they were making some fallacious argument that it also affects the development of their brain, which it fucking doesn't. Mm-hmm. Because all puberty blockers does is pause the secondary sexual characteristics of the body from developing. Yep. The primary sexual characteristics are what you're born with. And all puberty mm-hmm. does is develop your secondary, the, 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 the growth of hair on men, the development of breasts in, 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 in the menstrual cycles of women. That is all puberty does. It has zero development on the brain chemistry Mm -hmm. and And, and speaking speaking to your point ryan like i absolutely agree that the the legislators uh in this circumstance are conservative fucks right they are assholes yeah they're they're going over what the medical industry has already said Mm -hmm. where these medicines dramatically help these people in their quality Mm -hmm. of life and now you're taking that the fuck away from them but but we should where possible be doing the work if, if you have it within you, right, if you have the, like, if you're in the headspace where you're capable of this, um, you should be engaged in trying to bring conservatives over to our worldview, not um, blasting them for having a shitty worldview well, where you think that is possible, right, where you think you can actually have a good dialogue, Um you know, there are some people who are just hateful fucks and you know that yes. you can't change. Them. It might be beneficial to debate them so that the audience can see how much of a hateful fuck they are. But if you have individuals in your personal life with whom you can have good conversations like this, um, you should be doing so. And and you know how I know that is because I am the way that I am on the trans issue today because of conversations I had with Dan back in like 2015. <laughs> Like long and, well, before I was ever on the show. Oh, so so yeah. My my big thing with the trans issue 
I don't give a fuck if you agree with it or disagree with it. Oh, I do. That has zero bearing on my opinion of the trans issue myself. Mm -hmm. Where I come in and have an issue with it is if you decide that your disagreement with it is more valid than that person being allowed to do what they would like to do or how they choose to live their life, that's where I have the problem. I don't give a fuck if you disagree with it, but when you fight for them to not be able to transition or not allow them to exist at all, that's my issue. You can fucking hate it. You can disagree with it whatsoever. As long as you stop there. When you start fighting to not allow trans kids to be themselves or allow any trans person or a gay person or any person to be themselves, when you fight legislatively against them, that's when I have the fucking problem. You can be bigoted, but when you take your bigotry and fight to stop them from being themselves, that's when I fucking have an issue. Hey, everybody. I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. We have the Latter-day Lesbian Podcast. It's the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. Mm -hmm. And so we do that every week on a podcast, don't we? We do. You're supposed to jump in. Sorry. Just jump in any time. Okay. I'm here. <laughs> we are available on your favorite podcast app. Just uh, look for Latter-day Lesbian, where your favorite podcast can be heard. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. About a bowl of chili. Hot one. Be right there. Antichrist will be a woman in a man's body with seven heads and seven tails. Ain't that to go. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. I'm sitting here and like I'm just listening to you guys talk about this a little bit back and forth and and like my mind is spinning out and so I apologize I know I miss some things sometimes while you guys are talking because my mind is just spinning about how fucking mad this makes me like there's red lights going off all around me the the whole notion that these fucking conservatives these small government conservatives who think that they should be able to drown government in a bathtub that's how small it should be that they could drown it in a bathtub that government should not be an intrusion into our personal lives why the fuck are they so concerned about what individuals in this what they say themselves is a vanishingly small minority of people. Why the fuck are they devoting so much time and resources to dealing with this, especially when it goes against their stated interests of being for small government and allowing parents to decide what happens with their own fucking children? Well, I think I know the answer. They're always my, my honest, scapegoat. My honest opinion. Well, not yeah, uh, kind of side of it. They lost the gay rights issue. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. lost that. They they had a partial win with Roe v. Wade. They're still going to be pushing a lot of that shit. This is the next fight. It's It's mm -hmm. been ramping. The trans issue has been ramping up. But since they know they lost the gay marriage issue and they semi won the Roe v. Wade issue, they haven't won it as far as they want yet. But I think they're putting extra pressure now as far as where the money and the lobbyists come from that side onto the trans issue because that's their well, next I, fucking arena. And, and I think it's worth mentioning um, 
that there's a considerable amount of evidence in political science, psychology, et cetera, that one of the core activating emotions uh, for conservatives is the sensation of disgust. And if you look back historically at the groups which conservatives have scapegoated, um, those are groups that they have found ways for their core demographic to be disgusted at. You know, think mm-hmm. about in the 90s and the 80s, the way that conservative men would talk about how gross they thought being gay was. Oh, yeah. The AIDS you know, epidemic. Think, of, think about horribly the fact that, that before the civil rights era, um, conservative folks were disgusted at the idea of drinking from the same water fountain mm-hmm. as a black person. Or even working at the same establishment. Allowing them to right. have the same same level of employment or be in the same yeah. status. But, but I mean, even that is more complex than it needs to be. I mean, that's why I use the example of the drinking fountain. It's disgust. Yeah. Yeah. It's a visceral reaction. And that is an engaging emotion. And so to take transgender folks, which to conservatives they see as being disgusting because mm-hmm. they view it in terms of mutilation um, and they view it in terms of children being victimized. Um that triggers their disgust mechanism, which drives feet to the poles. Um, and the only thing that can be done to ameliorate this disgust reaction is what has been successful in the past. Um, Mr. Rogers sitting uh, barefoot in a waiting pool. Yep, I knew exactly which one you were going to talk man, about. Yeah, right. Uh, seeing gay folks on TV. Yeah, um, having gay friends, having black friends, and now having trans friends, seeing trans people on TV like that. That is what it takes to end that disgust reaction among conservatives is to show that these are not people to be disgusted of. Yeah. That's, I think that's why you see the people fighting representation in media. They're like, Oh, why are they showing this? Why that's disgusting. It's like, no, it's normal. It's not disgusting. Mm -hmm. It's well, I'm just curious as to whether or not the next group is going to be people who marry robots or furries <laughs> who do body modification. <laughs> well, and this all lays bare how little people actually put stock into their stated or professed religious beliefs, right? They're talking about this life being the doormat to an afterlife in the in the post-mortal existence, right? Where they're going to be rewarded with gold mansions in the sky and sit at the right hand of God and talk, you know, have, have afternoon tea with Jesus and, and grandma, you know, (laughs) and that's going to, that's going to happen for eternity. And so this, this mortal existence that we're in right now is nothing or should be nothing to them, right? It's, it's, them meddling in the lives of other people and thinking that they know better than the people in question who those people are and what they feel about themselves and then placing laws in in place as obstacles for these people to be the people that they are. They're just being busybodies and wasting huge amounts of taxpayer resources because they understand that their ignorant base of religious, credulous fucking dipshits will get all up in arms about it, get pants on fire out to the polls and donating money to their campaigns because they've been whipped into a frenzy by these fucking unethical, immoral assholes who use their stated their stated religious beliefs in order to hammer bring the shit hammer down on people who are different than them i'm sure that's exactly what jesus would have taught them to do 
by the way. He, he might have. I mean, I, I, I kind of think Jesus was an asshole. <laughs> I don't think he was at all. So, Well, I don't think he was at all, but the, the perceived version of him, he, he's probably kind of an asshole. Well, and, Not in the way Christians think. And Taylor, you, 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 you um, kind of sparked a conversation about, um, you know, that a lot of religious people used to view gay people as icky. And I remember having a conversation with an old coworker uh, one day at the golf course. Um, I just happened to run into him where we play in the same, uh, league at, at the golf course. And he arrived for a tea time shortly after mine. And I saw him in the parking lot and I was like, Hey, how you doing, man? He's like, Oh, I'm good. How are you, how are you doing? Yeah. I see a lot of your posts on Facebook. And this is years ago. I see a lot of your posts on Facebook about gays and all that kind of stuff. This was when I was serving as president for atheists of Utah and we would take part in pride festivals and everything he's like yeah i don't i don't have a problem with the with the gay people but you know i just it just it just bothers me when i don't know why they got to be kissing in public and all that kind of stuff it just it just bothers me and without missing a beat i just turned to him and i said why are you afraid you're going to get a hard on and be exposed as a gay person like what what is the problem with other gay people showing Affection, affection for each other like you and like your wife do show affection for each other in public i'm sure the gay people don't say Ew, oh my god that's so gross i wish they would stop that why are they doing that it's so terrible I'm like why do you have a problem with it are you gonna are you afraid you're gonna get a boner in public and the guy's <laughs> the guy's son was there golfing with him that night and like he just started snickering and turned away. <laughs> he's, like, he's like yes and my yeah, co-worker so was just like get a boner man i just uh um, fuck it. Never mind. <laughs> and just toddled off. You know, I just, right, right. a lot of their arguments are so easily dismissed as fucking yeah. nonsense that they don't mm -hmm. ever stop to think things through. And I think that's the problem with a lot of religious people and a lot of religious belief is that they don't stop for a moment to think through the implications mm -hmm. of all they believe about the world. Yeah. Well, and it's a, a lot of it too, is just reminding them that, those people are people that they're human yes. beings, you know, um, for, for a lot of folks, you know, uh, let's, let's traipse through the last century, you know, uh, you know, no Jews are human, right? Black mm. folks are human. Gay folks are human. And as soon as they see, you know, a, a person who looks and acts and thinks and feels just like them, right. Regardless of the physical differences that they have, it starts to really fundamentally change who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and how they, how they feel about others. Um, and that like, that was really the core and stunning success of the gay rights movement. Um, and, and I'm so glad that the atheist movement, you know, very deliberately mirrored the gay rights movement in terms of coming out of the closet, um, you know, showing people that you're just exist. like everyone else. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're not alone. So, you, there are, yeah. There are millions of people who are like you, who you share this trait with. You're not alone. You're not. Mm -hmm. You're not the lone voice in the wilderness thinking that you're, you know, a weirdo. That's that's how I felt for mm -hmm. a long time. Like I didn't even have a word to express what I believed that I was. Like at yeah. my core, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, until I read Carl Sagan's uh, Demon Haunted World, I didn't have a word for my beliefs about 
God, that I didn't believe in a God, that I thought it was silly, that I thought everybody around me was obviously fucking crazy (laughs) because of Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. ridiculous things that they were believing, saying, and doing. It just has never made any sense to me. And I always felt like an outsider until I read that book and was like, oh, there are people like me, people who write books about it even. Wow. Well, and, and with, with this, this is something I harp on. It feels like every four or five episodes or so. (laughs) Um, is, is the difference between being a firebrand and a diplomat, right? There's, there's a lot of discourse that goes on, especially online, um, where trans folks will say it should not be my job to explain my existence to people who don't understand it or just straight up bigots and Mm -hmm. absolutely correct. That is not your job. Right. Um, and, and I'm not about to say that you should be doing that. However, what I will say is, is that that is the firebrand position. And if an individual does want to make it their job or hobby or or mission to explain things about the trans condition uh, to bigots or to people who are confused or don't know any better, um, don't get in their way. (laughs) Like, don't stop them, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, because they're doing a valuable job Mm -hmm. too. you're being loud and proud and unapologetic and that is great of you. Um, just know that there are other ways to fight this fight. And if somebody is is doing a different thing, like let them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's there's way too much tone policing and grousing about little things that you, as a person who may have similar views to somebody else, that you may not operate that way. Well, you know what? It takes a mm-hmm. fucking village, man. And it takes all kinds of perspectives and voices for different people to hear and pay attention to those voices and views. There are people who are very outspoken firebrands and get in people's faces. And a lot of people would say that those people are assholes. But then that creates room for diplomats to come along next and mm-hmm. say, hey, yeah, I know, you know, you may not like the way that that guy talked to you, but you know, what, what actual problems do you have with what they said? Like did what they, mm-hmm. what about what they did said it, was wrong? You know, can you explain to or, me if or you did it just offend yeah. you? Yeah. Was well, it and, just their approach? The, the words they used? Yeah. I became aware of a really cool concept that believe it or not came from fucking Freud. Um, but I only recently became aware of it. It's called, Is um, it about your narcissist. No, um, that's a Freudian <laughs> where you say one thing and things are yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I know, I know. That's what I was making the joke towards. Um, no, so this thing is called um, the narcissism of small differences, um, which is the idea okay. that the more a relationship or community shares commonalities, the more likely the people in it are to engage in interpersonal feuds and mutual ridicule because of hypersensitivity to minor differences perceived in each other. Mm -hmm. I just want you to take a moment and think that that concept was defined 105 years ago, uh, well before the invention of social media and deliberative enclaves, which you've heard me talk about in the past. Well before that, we were aware that the more we have similarities, the more we argue about our tiny differences. And maybe you should fucking stop. Or Dr. Seuss and Sneetches and Stars Upon Mars. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, at, at the end of my rant here, I want to rant, recommend a documentary to watch mm-hmm. on uh, Netflix, if you so subscribe, called Crip Camp. 
Crip Camp? Like C R I P P. Like it's not the about gang? the Crips. No. Okay. About people who are crippled. Oh, see, I didn't want to go there. So here we are. <laughs> and the whole documentary is about the fight for the ADA to be passed. Oh. Crip. The fight for the so, ADA to what now? ADA. So for oh. disabled people to have basically the same advantages as everyone else in public life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, to, well, yeah, get, to be able to get on buses. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this was this this is so all the most of the people in that that joined in that fight met at a summer camp where their disabilities were just oh. forgiven and they were mm-hmm. allowed to just interact. They're like, normally when you're the last person to be picked for a team, now everyone's on the team. It doesn't give a gotcha. fuck if you're disabled, what your disability is. Everyone has equal opportunity to play and enjoy and have fun and everyone has the same voice no matter what and that was in the 1960s and then they had in the 1970s till the 1990s the fight to get the ada passed and it was a lot of people that came from this camp that were the ones leading the fight and doing the social initiatives and it kind of shows how they fought to get a bill passed and how fucked up the government was on blocking it at every fucking chance they have for these people to have an opportunity to live a normal life. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a good one to watch. It has a positive ending. Okay. Yeah. And, and please people, whenever and wherever you are in life, if you can speak out about things that you're passionate about, even if, even if I was going to say, even if, but especially if it's about groups of people that you may not yourself be a member of like you need to do your part as somebody who has privilege as a straight like me i'm a straight ish mostly white male uh you know of a certain age that a lot of and an appearance that a lot of people mistake me for a conservative especially here in utah which is a predominantly conservative state and so i am privy to or hear a lot of conversations around me because people assume that I'm one way without ever asking me and just start spouting mm-hmm. a bunch of fucking nonsense. And then I have that presents me an opportunity to correct them on a lot of their thinking. Uh, as an example, recently at work, I was on a call and they were discussing trans issues and it's because there's a new initiative going on at work, which is kind of, anyway, at work, we had this meeting. People were talking about trans issues. One of my coworkers threw out an offhanded comment about, oh, yeah, now kids are even, you know, now in grade schools, they're having to put litter boxes in classrooms because fucking bullshit. Because kids are saying that they identify as cats or dogs. And so they've got to make special, you know, uh, special dispensations for them and, and go out of their way to handle these kinds of things. And if not, then they're just going out in the parking lot and pooping in the parking lot and whatever. Yeah. And Fucking I just said, wait, wait, <laughs> like, like I, it was the perfect opportunity for me to say, hang on just first. That's I, I need to tell everybody on the call that that is absolutely false. That is an internet rumor. You know, I'm sorry person who just said this, but that is absolutely incorrect. That is not something that is happening. If that were happening, there would be stories all over the news about it. It wouldn't just be circulated in, you know, certain circles. That would be mainstream news all over the place that this is happening. And there would be 
you know, a nationwide outcry about it. This is something that is an, you know, a young wives tale. <laughs> it's, it, well, it, it's not old enough to be an old wives tale, but it's nonsense. And I wish that you guys would know that, you know, that, that doesn't, that that doesn't happen. Uh, I can point you to some other resources to let you know that this was like an internet rumor that started and took off because of a podcast from some, guy named joe rogan who i know a lot of you may know from television but he has got a podcast now where he just pumps out a lot of misinformation and this is part of that well do do you know where that misinformation started from no there's a a a little high school in the state of colorado Hmm. um i think they call it columbine high school Uh um that decided I, I know it's a, it's it's a very most people haven't heard of Columbine. Very obscure, yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, that decided in the the off chance that students are locked in a room for a long period of time because someone is doing something bad in the hallways, that students may need. Know about. I know they have they have no clue of what that yeah. would be like. Like, uh, let's just say need, there are a couple people parading through your school with. Assault weapons. Yeah, that's that's we can take that example uh-huh. um, and and say um, someone needs to relieve themselves. But there's no bathroom in that room, mm-hmm. and you don't really want it to smell. Mm-hmm. So they took it upon themselves, and also it absorbs blood quite well too. Um, very true. To, actually, uh, it's a fantastic way to pack uh, a room. It's a very, well, not to pack it. They might get infected, but it's a good absorbent. Mm-hmm. Since it's a good absorbent. If students are locked in a room for a long period of time and someone says, I really can't fucking hold this anymore and you don't want the whole room to smell like piss, mm-hmm. um, there's a bucket with cat litter in it. Not a litter box, but like a bucket with mm-hmm. cat litter in it. Go pee in that. So Because they're locked in a room because someone is doing something horrible in the hallways. So I want to propose like a slight amendment to the thing, Dan, that you said though, Hmm. Um, which is, I think that you absolutely should, if you are the, if you are a liberal and a group of people who are not liberals, right. um, Then I think absolutely should be doing your part to speak up. um, If you find that like a group is being spoken poorly about, um, in in your company, right? And you have the opportunity to stand up for this group where no one else will, right? Totally agree with that. Um, if you are in the company of other progressives, I would think twice about just arbitrarily advocating for a group that you don't belong to at the expense of the other members of your peer group um, because that gets into the narcissism of small differences. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah for example, one thing that I've noticed um, is that you will see a lot of white folks use the term Latinx and try to push other people around them to use the term Latinx. But multiple surveys have found that actual Latino people prefer to be called Latino and really dislike the term Latinx. Mm-hmm. I've never so, used that term. Or Latinx, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yeah I've heard yeah, it pronounced yeah, however, as Latinx, yeah. and I've heard that in lieu of that even... Uh, a lot of Latino people <laughs> prefer mm-hmm. Latine or Latin yeah. versus right. right. Yeah. yeah. I actually start so off with Hispanic heritage. 
Yeah, that that folds into the general like if you want to be a good advocate, be an educated advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that like when you are amongst friends, advocate for yourself. <laughs> um, let others advocate for themselves. Um, because I have been in progressive social circles that have devolved into like basically witch hunts led by people who have no personal find the heretic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We Uh, see that too much. uh Yeah. To the point where I've checked out of some groups because they have devolved into just a one-upsmanship game of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. It can be dangerous for sure. Uh, there is another another story that we wanted to talk about. At least one See, more. I, I told mm-hmm. you you had to let me go through because I told you I derailed this shit. <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, so this will be this will be the end of the middle portion of the show by the time I cut this. So we'll be back for the conclusion, the closing segment of the show on the other side of this little break. Hi, everybody. This is Mikey Weinstein. I'm the founder and president of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, and you are listening to the Godless Revolution. Excuse me. Where are you going? Hey, what's your problem? I'm a Catholic whore, currently enjoying Congress out of wedlock with my black Jewish boyfriend who works in a military abortion clinic. So hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon, madam. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Welcome back, everybody! Uh, I told Ryan and Taylor during the break that I got drunk on accident, and that is still true. I am I'm a little bit tipsy, so... Bear with me, folks. I'm sorry. I, I I was I was tipping back some whiskey without sufficient food reserves throughout the day, uh, or no <laughs> food reserves. Yeah, or no food reserves because I was too busy with work. Um, but I'm sure there are a lot of you out in our listening audience who have seen uh, some ads recently with a hashtag of "He gets us." These are all Jesus centric ads that have been strategically located and placed in a lot of sports events actually lately they're they've been featured in NFL games i believe in N- uh, uh, NCAA basketball games and professional basketball games i don't know if they've been in baseball yet but i have well, seen them in all of those sporting worlds at least they know their audience and apparently they are also say NASCAR. Yeah. Well, and apparently they're also going to be featured during the upcoming Super Bowl. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, between the Philadelphia Eagles and that other team. The other team, not the Bengals. That other team. Uh, the Bengals. I don't pay attention Kansas to sports. <laughs> no, some so asshole no broke me over oh. three, like two days ago. <laughs> you're welcome Chiefs at the Kansas City Chiefs. yeah you God are damn, welcome <laughs> I'm, I'm two years in a row now where that shit oh it's the worst uh so this story comes to us from the religion news service and it's from march of 2022 so they provided us this info a long time ago and we're only recently has it come onto my radar 
the story says $100 million media campaign depicts human side of Jesus in outreach to skeptics. Story says a $100 million media campaign is attempting to attract people who are skeptical about Christianity, but may relate to Jesus by highlighting his upbringing as a homeless, bullied son of a teenage mother. The that's relatable. (laughs) The he gets us campaign was launched in mid March and is an initiative of the signatory. You know, like the Pentaveret, a Christian foundation ah, based in Kansas that is channeling more than $100 million in funding from what it describes as, quote, like-minded families who desire to see the Jesus of the Bible represented in today's culture with the same relevance and impact he had 2,000 years ago, end quote. The Can sig- I just jump in? Yeah. Uh, he had no relevance 2,000 years ago. <laughs> I well right that that that's awesome. Like I would love for him to have the same relevance he had two thousand years ago when it was relegated was, to this small area in the Middle East. Yeah, yeah. Which he is had so little relevance two thousand years ago that strangely none of his supposed contemporaries even felt like writing about him at <laughs> yeah. the time. Weird. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the signatory has bought time for its advertisements on broadcasts of the NCAA's popular March Madness basketball tournament as part of a blitz on TV, radio, billboard, and social media. Jason Vanderground, president of Haven, a creative hub based in Michigan that is working with the signatory on the project said the initiative is based on broad research quote, We talked to thousands of people who, while of course they have heard of Jesus, they don't know the full extent of his ministry, he said in a statement to Religious News Service. Quote, we see a light go on for them when they begin to recognize that Jesus was fully human, and that carries them forward in being able to take in and understand that he was fully God, too. End quote. (laughs) In a 15-second spot called Anxiety... Black and white photos show people in despair, hands to their heads before the words, Jesus suffered anxiety too, appear on the screen. On YouTube, viewers are told of in the video's memo field, quote, yet, despite this total failure to quell his anxiety, Jesus found the strength to face his accusers and submit them willingly and submit to them willingly and without violence, knowing that his death would only further spread his message of radical love. Dan, you are talking like someone who I imagine wears an affliction t-shirt. <laughs> Whoa, dude. My hands are like really holy. <laughs> <laughs> the campaign's website, offering alternatives to an, quote, increasingly divisive and mean-spirited world, end quote, gives visitors the option to chat online, to text, to ask for a volunteer to, quote, pray encouragement for you, (laughs) or access a seven-day Bible reading plan. Glue, G-L-O-O, the Colorado-based technology partner for the campaign, is training the volunteers who connect with those seeking to chat or receive prayer. The signatory, also known as Servant Foundation, defines itself as existing, quote, to inspire and facilitate revolutionary biblical generosity. It reported gross receipts of more than, check this out, 
I can't fucking believe this number. Six hundred fifty-eight million dollars on a twenty twenty tax form. Six hundred fifty-eight million dollars in twenty twenty well, on a tax form. Let's see what twenty eighteen did. In twenty eighteen, it reported having more than one billion in contributions, and I'm putting in my pinky to my mouth. One billion dollars. Is this a cult? I, so, okay. I let me get my Pepe Silva like red strings on the wall here, real quick. Right. <laughs> One worth noting: Michigan is the home place of Betsy DeVos and all yeah. of her bullshit. Uh huh. Right? Yeah. Two, Colorado is like the epicenter of evangelism, uh, especially Colorado fucking springs, where Betsy DeVos is like family lives uh and they're the ones responsible for for like the the what is the it World congress of families and other groups like that mm-hmm. right in the kansas schools fucking coke brothers and various other like anti-abortion instruments um i was able to find like a uh, an organization called ministry watch which is funded by wall builders which if you remember our episode on um what's his ass uh barton well i was gonna say is, David is, Barton is the organization <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. Different group. Uh, uh, Barton. Why can't I think of his David name? Barton. Uh, uh, the, not Dave Barton. Dave Barton. No. Yeah, that's Dave his group. Yeah, that's his yeah. group. So okay. this this um, ministry has been featured by Dave Barton's group. Um, I am increasing my odds that this is some sort of grift. What the grift yeah. is precisely, not sure. Ooh, I think grift. I might know, I think. or at least I I think I know at least a portion of it. Uh, continuing mm-hmm. with the story, though, it says partners who have joined the initiative include the Lewis Palau Association, the National Association of Evangelicals, and Christianity Today mm-hmm. magazine. Now, I want you to pay particular mm-hmm. attention to the National Association of Evangelicals when we start Evangelical. talking more about this group. Okay. Uh, quote, I was grateful that the campaign is not designed to recruit for any particular church or denomination, but to simply encourage folks to explore faith in Jesus, said Kevin Palau, president of the Evangelist of the Evangelistic Association, founded by his father in a statement to RNS, that's Religious News Service. Quote, I think the ads themselves will provide a spark for a lot of interesting spiritual conversations, and that's a good thing, end quote. Last Friday, March 18th, Ed Stetzer, a missiologist, and a missiologist apparently somebody involved with missionary work. The missionary work? Yeah. Missionaryologist? And board member of the National Association of Evangelicals led an online briefing about the campaign to encourage participation from other faith leaders. Quote, we want people to be talking about Jesus and the gospel and Christians having the opportunity to start conversations with people who've seen ads, said Stetzer, who also is the executive director of the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton College in Illinois. Quoting again, Hmm. At a time when everyone seems to want to talk about everything but evangelism, this is going to be a kind of tool that helps us. End quote. The campaign was previewed for two months in 10 U.S. markets and drew more than 30 million YouTube views, more than 10 million primetime TV ad views, and 95 million outdoor impressions, according to its organizers. 
In addition, it said 10,000 people signed up for version Bible reading plans, 3,000 participated in live chat conversations, and 1,000 made prayer requests. These are all numbers from March yeah. of last year, like almost a year Those ago. Those aren't... Mm. Yeah, but also like compared to what they're saying that their impressions were versus what their return was, it's still pretty fucking low. Uh, well, until yeah, until more recent things for sure. Um, yeah, the campaign is far from the first effort to meld media and mission to introduce or reintroduce people to the Christian faith. In the 1970s, Campus Crusade for Christ, now called Crew, because. <laughs> Why not? I thought those were the guys that rode the boats. <laughs> you were on the crew team. <laughs> Distributed thousands of, I found it, bumper stickers and featured the same slogan on billboards. The catchphrase, the family that prays together stays together, was spread by the Reverend oh Patrick Payton, a Roman Catholic priest who produced the Family Theater radio, weekly radio series in the mid-20th century. Karina Laughlin author of the 2021 book Redeem All, How Digital Life is Changing Evangelical Culture, said the power of advertising to convert people into buyers of a pair of jeans, oh, for instance, whoa. is more... Convert them into buyers? Is more, hmm. easily, is more easily measured than converting them to religion. Quote, Yes, maybe 95 million people have seen a billboard, said Laughlin and instructor of communication at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles. Did any of those people think about it? Did any of those people then convert to Christianity or reaffirm their faith? It's nearly impossible to know. Vanderground said the campaign is not about recruiting or converting, but rather to raise the respect and personal relevancy of Jesus. The campaign is scheduled to continue through the end of 2022, but we know that they have extended it. Yes. And we know this because... There's no way this is not a grift. <laughs> and we know this because they have ads that are still running and they have purchased ads during that will be featured and run during the fucking Super Bowl. Like, holy Which shit. I, I actually, I should... Cost... I should find out how much are ads yeah. during the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I, I was just going to look up the, the same thing. Cost of so according to the IRS filings from last year, the head of the servant ministries thing, um, his name is Stephen A. French, and he used to be the CV, uh, uh, the CEO of um, what was this? Is like Quotants or something like that, which is a legal spend management. Uh, uh, sorry, Quovent a legal spend management company working with law firms in over 13 countries. Um, his primary role is strategic management, uh, management and leadership at the office. He devotes his time meeting with advisors, attorneys, individuals, and business owners to develop strategies and solutions to minimize tax liability while maximizing charitable giving. This is executed with a specific emphasis in the area of non-liquid assets, such as stock, real estate, mutual funds, and portions of closely held businesses. Mm. Uh -huh. But he wants to spend $100 million to get people closer to Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> and, and from what I right. can find here, I don't know if you found the same numbers here, Dan, but for a 30-second ad for this upcoming Super Bowl, is between 6 and $7 million. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that Jesus, were he around, 
today would have said, you know what you should do? Rather than feeding, clothing, and housing the poor and the least among you, you should run an ad during the Super Bowl to, you know, talk about how fucking awesome I am. That's what you should do. Rather than. So imagine they spend $7 million for 30-second ad. Yeah. How many lives could they change for that $7 million versus a 30-second ad? Uh Uh-huh. Rather than pay taxes on your corporation, how about you yeah. give several million dollars to this charity? And then this charity will invest in businesses very much like yours in order to do things like advertisements or document production so that you can draw that as income. <laughs> yeah. So we're, yeah. Ru- we're running a bit long on this episode, but there's, there's another story from the Washington Post that I want to read part of because I brought up the evangelical part. I think this is important for everybody to understand. Um, Part of the story from the Washington Post says, uh, John Lee, one of the chief architects of the campaign, said organizers hope to start a movement of people who want to tell a better story about Jesus and act like him. Quote, Our goal is to give voice to pent-up energy of like-minded Jesus followers, those who are in the pews and those and the ones that aren't, who are ready to reclaim the name of Jesus from those who abuse it to judge, harm, and divide people, said Lee, a principal at Lerna, a cross-cultural advertising agency in Dallas. Jason Vandergaard, president of Haven, a branding firm based in Grand Haven, Michigan, said the movement hopes to bridge the gap between the story of Jesus and the public perception of his followers. The campaign has done extensive market research and found that while many Americans like Jesus, they are skeptical of his followers. The market research split Americans into four categories, non-Christians, 16% of the sample, people who are spiritually open, which amounted to 20%, Jesus followers were 34%, and engaged Christians were 30%. It showed a wide gap between the first three groups and the last category of engaged Christians. Uh, Most people in the first three categories said the behavior of Christians is a barrier to faith. More than two-thirds agreed with the statement, followers of Jesus say one thing, but do not follow those things in practice. Only 5% of the engaged Christians agreed. Most folks in the first three categories also agreed that Christians care only about stopping abortions rather than caring for moms and their children. Only 6% of the engaged Christians agreed. So I mentioned earlier that part of the group supporting this are evangelical Christians who are the main fucking reason (laughs) so many people have become disengaged from Christianity overall because they see all of these evangelicals spouting all of their you know, biblical beliefs about Jesus being the son of God and a wonderful person, blah, 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 but then not following and living up to the example that they try to tell everybody Jesus set for them. And that's what has driven so many people away. So it's wild to me that so many evangelicals are involved in this effort, except for the fact that, yes, it looks like it is absolutely a grift to gather more money from credulous dipshits who want to say, here's my dollar saying that I love Jesus. Here you go. I, I want to make, okay, tinfoil hat moment here. Sure. Right. You said this happened in March 22. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Well, so, the initial article came out March 22. Yeah. 22. So yeah. the guy wrote the letter to the New York Times saying, hey, back in 2014 or whatever it was, um, I was leaked that the Hobby Lobby decision was going to come down early. Oh, yeah. And that gave people time to like build media about that. Mm-hmm. 
you should take a look at what happened with the Roe v. Wade decision being leaked early. And then people have noticed how like that did not happen. Now, if I recall correctly, around what time was the Roe versus Wade like repeal decision leaked early? Mm, Seems like it was right Mm. around March of last year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh huh. So may it be the case that this is some sort of uh, damage control campaign in light of the Roe v. Wade decision. Yeah. Especially when they were saying we aren't here to block abortion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not an analyst or anything, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of do analyze things. Just pulling pieces <laughs> out of the air and putting them together. I'm just, I'm just making some connections here. Nothing, nothing, you know, nothing to see here. Yeah. I'm sure it's Whenever just I come up with a conspiracy, yeah. I try to base it in actual knowledge and that's not a conspiracy. It's kind of like things are adding up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Two plus anyway. two does equal four. Yeah. 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 Uh, I will post a link to their site in the show notes for this episode where you, dear listener, can follow my example and order from the He Gets Us campaign. <laughs> <laughs> to waste their time and money. A free shirt, hopefully. a free hat, and a free sticker, if you so desire, that you can then donate to charity, mutilate, burn, whatever the fuck, I don't know. But you will know that you have siphoned off at least a portion of the m- hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. that this organization is taking in to spread nonsense to other people. Uh I'm I'm sure that part of their approach is to also siphon off as much information they can and to collect information about the motivations that people would have for visiting their site in the first place because when I ordered my free shirt and hat and sticker as payment, I had to pick from a list of options about how I was going to quote unquote pay for this. Um and yeah. among that list of options Ash, was, grass. yeah, among the list of options were, were <laughs> things like, I will forgive someone, I will attend a church service, I will help a neighbor, you know, all of these warm, fuzzy things that perhaps you maybe believe that Jesus would have done were he still around or ever existed and you are a follower of his <laughs> seeking approval for different actions that you may choose to pursue. I chose helping a neighbor because that's the thing I did. And, and I have elderly neighbors (laughs) who uh, wander over here or toddle over here to ask us questions. You you didn't, you didn't, you didn't help them with Jesus. (laughs) So uh, I will post links to that uh, and would encourage you to do with them. What you would like if you if you need a shirt, if you know some homeless people who may need a shirt or some unhoused people who may need a shirt, uh, that would be great. Get um, your red string out with me. <laughs> <laughs> if you would just like to take a look at the types of information they are collecting, I was I happily gave them my address, my phone number, my email address. Uh, yeah, and, so and they was waste like their money sending you mailers for what the uh, the the cost of stamps <laughs> went up this year to what. Well, and I just thought 40 cents, you know, if you want to waste more of your time and resources on me, that would be awesome. Like if I'm wrong, I want to know it. And if you can show that I'm wrong about my, 
non-belief in the thing that you believe in, that would be great. And so, sure, show me. Bring it on. That would be awesome. Um, <laughs> and in the meantime, you'll just be wasting more resources. And I think that's probably a good thing. We have run out of time for this episode. Well, yeah. We're actually over time, but a, a bit, not not too much. But before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters because you guys keep the show going and we love and appreciate you ever so much. That would be two skeptical chaps. Alan Firth. All hail Penis Buttra. Crucify the like button. Leave a review on iTunes and rate the show five times a day towards Celia Gray. Ed Harris. It's all shits and giggles until someone giggles and shits. Yeah, good job. <laughs> John McCullough. <laughs> Kevin Scheel. Ollie Olson. Savita Kuna. Uh, Sinead Duffy. Steve Kuno. Steven Andrus. Theodore Stellan. Tiffany Hudson. Up Doug Willoughby. Vanessa. Birdie. A, a new, new Patreon Corvo. mender. Yeah. And Corvo? Uh, <laughs> oh, Birdie yeah, she's the one Corvo. watching Corvo. Yay. Thank you very much, Birdie. We appreciate it. Uh, Corey Ebert. Uh, don't be a Richard. Error 404. God not found. Mackenz Peterson. Jeremy Goodson. Jonathan. Marvin Draken. Martina Fern. Quiet avocado, or I'll sick the up dog on you. <laughs> I was just thinking the way you said that, it was like you were threatening Taylor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I avocado's butt a couple times trying to get a reaction out of him, and that didn't work. So. <laughs> uh, continuing our list, the next one is that guy. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Zeus 9SO. Amber Krellen. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Sarah Segovia. Tim Jacobson. And James. Thank you all very, very much. If you, dear listener, would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so very easily by going to patreon.com slash godlesservolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode, and then you get all kinds of fun stuff. You get the episode before anybody else. You get occasional bonus episodes that nobody else gets. You get extended outtakes. You get clips from the cutting room floor. You get a song at the end. All kinds of fun stuff. Uh, you get sometimes uh, stuff that we don't want to air to a broader audience <laughs> because we just don't want to argue with people that we mostly agree with on everything else and that we love and adore and think they're awesome people and just it's not worth our time to argue with them about stuff. So... Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it very much. Thank you guys for joining me. I'm going to go back to work now and uh, hope that the whiskey doesn't impair my typing skills too awful much. As long as my taxes get filed, you can drink as much as you want. <laughs> well, I'm going to go sleep for four hours, do an infographic, go to the doctor, write a weekly report. Uh, <laughs> I've got a long day tomorrow. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm printing some RC car tires for a friend. Uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, I love you guys and we'll chat with you next week. All right. Love you Have too. Fun. And remember listeners, don't eat things off the ground. Oh no, my air pump sitting right here. Cause I'm laser cutting stuff right now. Oh, yeah. I can't, I, I can't hear that either. And you holy shit! Yeah, your voice is bad. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think I would have been able to do an episode today for sure. <laughs> no.